Member-supported Jazz 90.1 proudly welcomes you to America's longest-running computer show, Soundbites. Call the show now at 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415 or soundbites.org. Now, alongside Steve Ray and Dave Enright, here's Nick Francesco on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Good afternoon, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the gyps in the PC. It is Saturday, the 14th day of January, Anno Domini 2023. That's right, three. How many of you have written the wrong number? On your checkbook? Yeah. yeah. Three. Uh, How uh, many of you still uh, have a checkbook? Uh, uh. And you... Me too. You knew, you lucky people, you're listening to Soundbites. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Henry. And I'm Steve Ray. And at six minutes after the hour, we are going to be bringing you news, views, things that you not always get off your shoes. Don't get the blues. I write two checks. Comes- uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. I, I have, I still have a checkbook. Yeah, but you could count probably on one hand. Yeah, and still have fingers left over for the number of checks that I write anymore because everything is usually oh automatic withdraw. Right. Or you go online and auto pay. Right. Yeah, I write two checks a year, one to my tax accountant right. when, I, when I get my taxes done, yep. and the other to the airplane club because they're all old and they don't want to learn how to use electronic payments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my wife just recently at market started taking Venmo, and she was against it and against it and against it and against it, and then the first, my daughter just finally just put it on her phone. Well, time out. Explain to folks what... Oh, Venmo, you can pay somebody from your account to their account by phone. Simple, easy, fast. Okay, it's so a lot of things have popped like, up now to do that. Square Cash and Zelle and, she does and like Square. Wallet. Yeah. Google yeah. Wallet. Yeah, mm-hmm. she does Square. Apple Pay, but, Cash. But a lot of people have Venmo for, for smaller yeah. things. Yep. And you know, if you're gonna if we're gonna do Square, it's a minimum there's a minimum that she'll allow because they take a percentage and blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. Well, with with Venmo, she said, well, Yeah, nobody uh, who uses Venmo? And Amelia said, Well, Everybody under the age of 40. Yep. And uh, so Elaine said, oh, I put it on my phone. So she put it on her phone. And like the first week, it was ridiculous. The Exploded. amount of money she got from Fen- from Venmo. Right. Uh, and it's been that way every week. So, yeah. We had uh, yeah. just happened happened yesterday. Um, um, someone was trying to buy something from Jackie. And she said, well, here's the, here's the Venmo credentials. So they sent they said they sent the Venmo payment. Right. And uh, and then they got um, in in the. Um, um, uh, eBay listing. It said, "Please, ch- you know, ch- check your email for make sure the payment got through." So we checked the email. There was there was a message from Venmo saying that your business account hasn't been set up yet. Please click here and add oh. two hundred dollars to your account. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we got a kick out of that. Yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. The news. Uh, this is, do we have funeral music uh, somewhere in the system? <laughs> it's the end of the line for Windows 7 and Windows 8.1. Oh. Oh. These older versions of Windows. <laughs> These older versions of Windows plus Windows RT stopped receiving all security updates on Tuesday over a decade of, after their original releases. Microsoft also stopped providing Microsoft Edge browser updates for these operating systems 
And the remaining third-party apps that still work will eventually follow suit. Google Chrome support, most notably, ends early next month. Windows 7 support for most people actually ended three years ago, despite what people are telling me all the time. But businesses that still used it could pay for up to three years of additional support while they transition to Windows 10 or 11. That window is now closed. And I'm just clumsy. And Microsoft isn't offering a paid support option for Windows 8.1, which they really, really shouldn't do anyway. Uh, Windows 7 and Windows 8.1 PCs are rare and getting rarer, but except for our listeners. But both are still in relatively wide use given their age. That counter says that both OSs count for just under 14% of all Windows PCs worldwide and closer to 8% in the U.S. <coughs> it's not completely unprecedented for Microsoft to release one-off patches for severe security problems after an operating system's end of support date has passed, but these operating systems will no longer receive the routine security updates and bug fixes that keep them relatively safe and functional for years after their release. If you or someone whose computer you reluctantly supports is still running Windows 7 or 8.1, the easiest escape hatch short of buying new hardware is an upgrade to Windows 10. It should still install for free on most properly licensed <laughs> Windows 7 and 8.1 PCs. It has most of the same system requirements, so it should run, and it will be supported until at least October of 2025. PCs shipped with Windows 7 or 8 will most that shipped with Windows 7 or 8 will most likely be too old to meet Windows 11 systems requirements. Uh, though an unsupported install is always, of course, an option. Linux, another frequently updated operating system that supports a wide range of PC hardware, is also an excellent choice, as is Chrome OS Flex. So our poll of the week at soundbytes.org, that is Bytes with a Y, Francis would like us to remind you, is Windows 7 and 8 finally reach end of life. Your choices are, no! Don't care, I love it. Moved on years ago. When what now? And none of the above. So far, we have 23 votes. Moved on years ago is almost half of them. So uh, actually more than half of them. So uh, that's your, uh, that's your thought. thought that, no! Well, I, I know a couple people that well, still have to say. Let, let, me, finish, no. let me just uh, okay. oh. do, the, do the phone number. Um, oh. So are you still using Windows 7? Ask Mabel to give us a ring at... Uh, 585-966-JAZZ. It's 966-5299. Toll free 1-800-790-0415. The problem is, is there, I know of a couple of my older customers that still have to run Windows 7 because of the software that they were using was yeah. only written for that. And they've, uh, matter of fact, one guy was asked me, you know, what the heck can I do? You know, I even emailed the guy, tried to call the guy that did the original software, but he's no longer around. Right. So he's sort of stuck, and he goes, I got this old boat anchor here. It's slow, but it's the only thing that runs my software. And make sure you don't connect it to the Internet. Well, that's the big thing. Well, yeah, yeah no, he doesn't on this. It's there's, a standalone machine. Right. There's two things. One don't just don't connect Windows Seven machines to the internet anymore, because there are so 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 many bad guys out there writing bots that go and look for Windows Seven machines because they're unsupported now. And you you say, oh, nobody's going to get me. Who am I? Huh. Bots don't care. Yeah, they bots don't know. Don't care. The 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 second thing is, 
you're now getting to the point where nobody will support you. Mm-hmm. If you call somebody up and say, I'm having problems with your software, they say, oh, what's wow. your operating system? You say Windows 7, they're going to hang up. They're going to yeah. say, yes, yes, sorry, you are. Just, yes, you sorry. are having a problem. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for calling. Sorry, Bye-bye. we no longer support that. That's right. And and the same will be true for us. Yeah. There will come a point where we can no longer tell you how to fix your machine because there's no more resources on the Internet to do that. What gets oh, a little can't. annoying is Microsoft removes all of the old that tech really notes. That really is ridiculous. They're, they're, that's just disk space. Here, I'll give them 100 bucks to put another terabyte of disk space up there. <laughs> exactly. But the thing that's that's is, lots though. of text, um, uh, tech notes. Yep. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they got to realize, though, you know, uh, even us, you know, we we don't have, uh, we can't guarantee. Even though you might call up and we've got a fix there, it doesn't mean that the minute you go back in that you're not going to get contaminated again with another virus or That's some right. other bot. That you know, because like Nick said, they're always out there looking. Right. So there is no 100 percent guarantee. It's more or less Russian roulette. And once a bot hits you, oh, forget it, it. keeps track of your IP address. Mm-hmm. And so every time it comes back up, Bingo. your machine comes back up, it's going to get hit again. Yep. That's just simply the way the world works these days. Yep. So if you're still running Windows 7, God bless you, but no one can help you anymore. And don't complain about it. No, we don't have anything to do with it. It's got nothing to do with us. There's, It's just the way the world works now. I think there are a couple of third-party companies that are still supporting Windows 7. And by that, you mean charging you to support Right, charging you. Because uh, I, I hear that on Security Now now and then, where some security company found a problem, they wrote their own patch for it, and for their paying customers, you can have the patch until Microsoft gets an official patch out. Uh, but when Microsoft doesn't release the patch ever... Ever. Yeah. yeah, and they're not going to now with 7 and 8. Yeah. yeah. All right, to the phones. Our first caller is Fred from Rochester, New York. What's up, Fred? Hey, good afternoon. Hi. Uh, I've got a... I've got a... I've got Enpass on my Android phone, uh, Android 12, One UI 4.1, and I regularly, especially when I add different passwords, different accounts to the to the list, I do a manual backup to my phone, and then I put it on a flash drive and I put it on on the uh, up in the cloud. So as of late. Uh, it's been about a month. I added a few things. I said, well, it's time to, you know, to, to redo my um, my backup. And it's writing a zero-byte file. And I've contacted NPASS, and they said their developers can't replicate it, so they can't help. I'm wondering if there's something going on with my phone. Are you Are you doing this backup from your phone? I'm doing it from my phone, from the from the app, on the uh, advanced page. It says uh, backup, and then it tells you where you want to back it up, and then maybe you want to call it and push the button, and it's worked flawlessly for year and change. Uh, and then I, you know, then I make a copy, and I, you know, I, I send that to the cloud. I have both T Cloud and and and. Um, Google, and I usually keep it on a flash drive that I keep someplace off-site. But it's hmm. writing a zero-byte file, which does nothing. Hmm. 
and it used to all the ones previous were in the 256k range. Sounds like an update to his phone messed things up. Are you writing this to the phone or to a um, an SD card? Um, actually, to the SD card on the in the phone. Try writing it directly to the phone itself, not to the SD card. Did that too, and I it still to, doesn't work. Yeah, still doesn't work. I used to do it to my phone, then I realized, you know, how much space I was eating up with stuff that. I didn't have to have on the internal phone storage. Has the so phone I, been updated recently? Uh, November was the last Android update. NPass has been updated. Um, Is there a way to go into the backup settings and, and say start a new backup or change, delete the current backup and make a new one? That's what it does. It writes a new one every time. But to go into the settings and tell it, I want I want to stop backing up and start a new backup. Yeah, maybe, maybe, so it's if if it thinks it's backing up, but the file is only zero, something in the backup settings, maybe. Or or that SD card is full. That could be. No, I've got, it's at least half empty. Well, all right, not necessarily full. How many items at the root level and what file system is the card? Um. There's an interesting limitation in FAT32, well, FAT16 even, where you can only have 127 items items. at the root of the SD card. So even though there's plenty of free disk space, there's too many items. Um, And so if if the SD card is in FAT16, um, if with FAT32, it's limited to four gigabytes per file. So if your backup is more than four gigs, it won't work. So you have to go to NTFS. Um, in order to get larger files and, and a, a more number of files on the card. Try um, creating a folder on mm-hmm. the SD card. Yep. I Yeah, I have. And have you tried saving to that folder? I, I have a special folder for my NPASS backup. And you still get zero And bytes. that's where the zero byte yeah. file is ending up? Yep. And I've created other since since messing around with this and going back and forth with NPASS people. Um, I've created other files. I've saved other uh, images. I've got some PDFs that I've saved on the on the flat on the uh, SD card. Um, I, I've used it. I've used it numerous ways uh, it's, since this problem started, and it started. Um, it started probably around the end of December. It's either got to be an update that NPASS did or that your Android phone did to its system that is messing. The two of them aren't talking correctly. Right. Okay. That's 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 quite that's quite possible. I think there was a NPASS update in December, and it might have been around that same time. I didn't keep that close a track of. That, that well, well, from what you're telling me, all the other variables are staying the same. You can yeah. copy other files and everything else, so it's narrowing it down just between NPASS and your phone. So you got to look at what was changed, and from what you're telling me right now, is that NPASS changed at the end of uh, December there. So yeah. something's gotten confused with the current settings of your phone. 
you know, and the way it's set up versus uh, the way NPAS wants to back it up. Okay. Um, NPAS has given me end of the road. They're saying our developers can't replicate the file, so we can't help you. In the meantime, try this, and I tried everything that they suggested. And Did you try backing up over Wi-Fi instead of onto your device? I didn't. Um, I could probably try that. I don't have Wi-Fi at home. Um, I don't have Wi-Fi access. No, there's one spot I do, but um, I don't. I don't generally use it. I do everything on my phone. No, I understand and that, but this. What, what they told me to do was to uh, um, uninstall and reinstall. That's what I was going to suggest. And oh my God, what a headache that was because it kept it kept going circular, trying to trying to open a a new account and not recognizing the old account. I did finally get it to to fire up, and I was missing I was missing the new everything new from December. But it does it does sync to the cloud. There's a there's a there's a because I have. Um, on I have it on a Kindle, I have it on my phone, and I have it on a um, I have a mobile version. It's on a flash drive, so I can go to any computer and plug it in and right and, and work from that. Which um, you know, which I might do from work if I've you know I've, I got free time and they're they're okay with me checking my bank accounts, but. I'm not keeping anything on their computer, so that's what I use the. Mm-hmm. That's what I use the. Uh, right, right, right. I think so, that might be your best bet for right now until maybe they yeah. perhaps come out with another version of uh, NPAS to update. Because, like you were saying, though, that's the only thing that's changed. Is there is there anything in a phone setting that I may have? Because I've I've tried to. Um, well, it wouldn't be the phone settings because you're saying everything else is working. You can copy other PDFs and all that other routine stuff. Yep. It's just that that particular program is not for something. Something's not kicking in to tell it to actually write it. And that's why you're winding up with zero bit um file size because it's really not starting the process. It creates yep. the file. But nothing's being, you know, communicated to have start you, going back and forth. Yeah. Have you talked to Samsung? I uh, have not done that. I've, because uh, One UI is a different user interface from Android, really. And it may be an, in, an interaction problem between One UI and NPass. And, and um, okay. Samsung makes One UI, so they may be the people to talk to. Okay, I can do that, but it it it's been it that's stayed the same for a while now. No, I understand that, but if there's been yeah. an update to either of those and that update causes a problem, they may know about it. I just can't I just can't understand why the NPAS people are telling me you know, you're out of luck. Well, I can't answer for them. I don't. Yeah, I don't know, and there's but, too many variables. That's the whole thing right. that folks lose track of. You know, you can't just say, "Well, this phone." There are so many different variables within each phone. You know, as right. far as boards and everything else, that there are so many other things that could be causing issues. 
yeah, they're going to throw the hands up and say, sorry, you know, we can't, we do the best we can with what we know. Is there, um, is, is there possibly a, uh, something in the settings that may have gotten changed when I installed something else? Like, um, for one, NPAS has full access to my device. Is one of the one of the few like Enpass um, um, has it. Um, my my Malwarebytes has access to the. Aha! Uh-huh. Have you tried turning off Malwarebytes and and doing a backup? No, but I could. I could try that next. That, Absolutely, it may yeah. well be that Malwarebytes is saying, "I don't know what this software is. Block it," and it's blocking it. Okay. I don't get any messages come up, but... That's, you might not. Again, the, the interaction between One UI and, and the underlying window um, Android apps may not be uh, as, as complete as it is between regular Android and the apps. So, okay. Uh, but give that a try. That would be where I'd go next. I'll do that, and I'll, uh, I'll see if I can do something with Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm just banging my head against the wall trying to figure out if I if I inadvertently change the setting for something else. No, I understand uh, that, uh, but that's that's the thing I would try. That's the thing I would try first. Um, right. Turn off malware, but and whatever else you have running. Yeah, Avantech um, uh, advantage. What's it, what's it called? Sorry. Hi. AVG? No, the uh, the one that's on the that's on your website. Um, There's a bunch of them on our website. Anyway, turn all of those off. Turn all of those off and try to do a backup. Okay, I'll do that next. Okie doke. Thanks. Um, and there's a there's a problem with the link on your Ask Nick. Which link? Uh, the one that says uh, subscribe now. There's a problem with it? Well, when I click on it, it, it blinks and comes right back to the same screen. If I hold if I hold and press, it gives me the option of opening it up in a new window, and it opens up to the same screen. All right, I'll take a look at it on Ask Nick. Okay. Thank you. All right, talk to you later. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll look at Ask Nick. Because yeah, heaven forbid uh, somebody can't, can't manage to <laughs> join that would be that yeah would be after it. you click the subscribe button at the bottom then you have to click the yellow button that says subscribe to put in your right if you click that subscribe to ask nick at the bottom again you get the same page again so yes. maybe, maybe he's missing that oh that might be a second thing. subscribe button well the problem is i don't want to send people to subscribe without explaining what the right. subscription gives you yeah so the first button takes you to the subscription page then there's a different subscribe button to actually subscribe the yellow one right yeah right Fifty cents a week, that's amazing. <laughs> yes, it is amazing. Thank you very much. Uh, for those of you who are interested in knowing about that, shameless plug. It's asknick.com. That's asknick.com. I put out a weekly newsletter um, every Sunday. I answer your computer question just like I used to do in the newspaper. One thing, since we're talking about um, the Soundbites page and everything else, uh, one of the other products that we recommend is Revo Uninstaller. The one thing I happened to stumble upon, and I'm going to share this with all you folks out there, 
you know, uh, we recommend Revo Uninstaller for getting rid of programs and everything else. Well, they've come out with a new feature that if you have multiple computers in your house, instead of buying a subscription for each computer, you can now do what they call a portable. And what you do is literally download this file, put it on a flash drive, and you can run Revo Professional Uninstaller from any computer nice. by just putting in the flash drive. Absolutely nice. Uh, so you can see that uh, on our site. So we're going to take a quick break. Back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. If you're on the phone, stay on the phone. We'll get to you when we come back. If you're not on the phone, why not? Give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll free, 1-800-790-0415. You're listening to Sound Bites right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. See you on the other side. Online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at soundbites.org. More with Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Computer problems? Get answers from the experts. Soundbites, noon to 2 Saturdays, only on Jazz 90.1. Hey, we should maybe listen to that. Uh, no, nah, I've heard it. Trust me. They don't know what they're doing? They don't know what they're talking about. Uh, so. They can't even answer a question about one UINN pass. <sighs> Welcome back, everybody. Fakes. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at 36 minutes after the hour, we are Soundbites, and we have Mike from Arondequoit, New York, on the line. What's up, Mike? Hi, guys. Uh, I was calling because uh, I recently, I have an old uh, Lenovo uh, ThinkPad, that I installed um, Linux uh, Ubuntu uh, version 20, uh, the long-term support uh, version of a 20.04, I think. Mm-hmm. And I recently um, did the upgrade to the 22.04 long-term support uh, version. And the installation appeared to go perfectly until I rebooted the computer. Um, it uh, brought me to the login page. I entered my password and i got a blank screen and and nothing i've done can will bring me you know bring the operating system up and i was just wondering if you had any suggestions of something i could try isn't there uh, uh, an icon either in the upper right hand corner that you can select whether you're using ubuntu x ubuntu no, well no but he's seeing nothing on the screen is that correct yeah so, after he so logs when, in Right. So when when the computer turns on, you're right, the expert uh, on this. It, it, yeah. It actually the, the only thing it gives me is the option to log into the old operating system, the twenty point oh four. Right. What and when so, I, and what so sometimes happens is that it got confused about what monitor to use. Ah. Oh. So it thinks you have an external monitor connected, and it's using that. The, oh, the first yeah. thing to try is, and I don't remember exactly how it works on a Lenovo ThinkPad, yeah. but uh, there's a an F8 key or an F5 key with a f- function F8 or function F, one of those, switches okay. up among monitors. Oh, okay. So try that. And again, that's after you log in. Right, okay. And then you should be able to go in the setup and set that as your default monitor. 
Son okay. of a gun. That that happens okay. irregularly, but it happens, particularly with ThinkPads. And it may well be that um, the BIOS is set to run uh, uh, with an external monitor and that okay. it got confused. So that's right. the first thing I would try. Okay. All right. Well, good. I'll give that a whirl. Go for it. Okay, thanks for your help. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Or that's that's right, weird that some of these systems, I know I ran into it with my Dell system, that they put in certain features. Like Dell happens to put in what they call advanced audio. Yeah. And there are a number of programs that I use personally for my ham stuff that doesn't want it. it. It it messes things up. Yep. It causes disconnects in the internet. I was going bonkers for a week now trying to figure out what was going on and then all of a sudden this one guy posted he goes no go in if you've got a Dell you got to go in and turn off this advanced audio because all it does is mess everything up as far as the the radio talking to the computer I did that and it's like holy ship that's the problem with everything these days uh, you know we say it all the time the the big dog has to be the last one to mark yep. the trait yep and and that's true of all every operating system. A, a lot of companies say, "Oh, I've got this special something." And you, in this case, yeah. audio. Yep. And I want the best use of that audio, but they don't have the resources to check every program ever written. And so, if somebody writes a generically working program, yep. But you've got a non-generic driver. There can be a problem. And, 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 and time out. It doesn't want to work, and it yeah, just exactly. messes things up. And the other thing is, is they're taking the, you know, for a matter of a fact, in some respects, that you know you've got these high quality speakers, and you're going to do all this sound system. Oh, I've got these little cheap little. Yeah, right, 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 right. The other thing that Mike could have tried is plugging in an external monitor. Yeah, just buy a second monitor. That's easy. <laughs> well, you may have one. Well, yeah. that's the use your course, television as a second monitor, right? That's the other problem with not being a support business like yours. Mm -hmm. You've got everything yeah. somewhere yeah. in the shop. Yeah. <laughs> so if some, if you think, if you look at it and think, I wonder if it's going to an external monitor. It's about eight seconds to plug in an external monitor. Yep. The average person would think. I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have an external monitor. So, yeah, I get that. I do. Um, but, you know, if he had one, that would be the way to – that would also be a way to check. Um, uh, but um, in the long run um, – and, again, I just don't remember how it works on a ThinkPad. But there's some sort of function – F key. Yeah, you can go from an external to it's like Often. the external, days. internal, or both. Right. Yeah. And usually the icon looks like two squares two on TVs. top of each other. Right. Yeah, two like TVs. Two, yeah, two, two screens. They're right. two usually two screens. On the Mac, it's Command F one. Right. On on uh, this Asus uh, laptop, F two. Uh, it's F eight, oh, and F8. it the the icon is a little squarish. It's the screen. Yeah. And a slash and a, a projector screen. So it's oh. internal or external. Yeah. yeah. So that's, you know. So. They, yeah, they always had that for if you were doing a presentation that you could, uh, you know, hook, take it to the thing and they got a big screen up. You, you could hook up a cable and all of a sudden hit that screen and it took your screen from your computer up to that big screen so yep. you could do your demonstration. Yep. 
I used to use this in class all the time. And uh, uh, Control-F8 was automatic yeah. once I set my machine up. You know, I'd yep. get it all ready to go and have them all. Off, the off, eight. Off, off we go. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Wayne from Rochester, New York. What's up, Wayne? Well, first of all, I'd like to go a little bit further with that Ubuntu problem. Yeah. Uh, I just downloaded uh, Ubuntu 22.10, and I double-checked it with the uh, uh, checksum. Everything seemed good. Went to install it, and what happened is it just sits there and runs and runs and runs, and then finally it gives you a failure, and it says... The installer has failed. And and this, uh, you're trying to install it on a machine from yeah. what? Uh, basically a DVD. Okay, so you downloaded it from the Internet. Yes. You then ran a program that created a bootable disk onto a DVD. That is correct. And it boots from that DVD. Yes. But might have been a bad, de- bad burn, or something. Yeah, bad it might. Burn. It might just be a bad burn. One, one. Okay, a couple of things to try. The, here's the other problem with DVDs, of course. Um, this is on two different machines. No, same machine. One machine. Okay, so that one's on. But uh, try burning at a slower rate, uh, particularly if it's not a new machine. Okay. Try burning at a slower rate. The other thing to try is instead of burning it to a DVD, burn it to uh, a thumb drive. Yeah. Well, that that's okay. The only problem is my BIOS will not allow me to do uh, yeah, from, yeah, from that. Yeah, been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm. um, I'm using a... Uh, what program are you using to burn it? Well, that's a good question. Thanks. Uh, what I did was I, I tried uh, XF Burn, I tried uh, Brasil... And what I wound up with was CDW. Because I've used, what was that one? Uh, I think it starts with a B. Well, there's Rufus was popular. Uh, Yeah. um, You mentioned Etcher. Etcher, yeah. Yeah, Uh, Etcher. Yeah, Etcher. Etcher Marina Etcher is one I use all the time. Yeah, it works solid. I have used XF Burn, and it is good, but I prefer Bolina Etcher. Well, let me ask you this about Etcher. They advertise that it's real good for doing thumb drives. It's real good for doing uh, uh, SD drives. But uh, does it actually work on the DVDs? Yep. Oh, they don't. They never mention that. I've I've, I've got a stack of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> because I, I was playing around. I um, on this one computer, I finally wound up going with Xubuntu. But for a while there, I was doing a lot of research on what version of Ubuntu I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. So I was trying Cinnamon, and I was trying them all. So I was burning a CD or a DVD of each flavor in case I wanted to go back and forth. Right. And that was great, you know, that I could sit there and go ahead, put it in, put it up, and do some comparisons and then, yeah, no, okay. I pop out the CD and boot another one just to test drive it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the DVDs work great. Great. Well, in that I th- case, I will download Etcher then. I think a lot of the issue has become the installers 
Most installers now are too big to fit on a DVD, so you have to use right. a, a flash drive. Right. In a lot of cases, that's true. Yeah. Um, with with Linux, there are um, uh, well, there are versions that are very small. Yeah. But there are also um, uh, stagers. So you download the stage one, yep. and then as long as you can connect to the internet, it does the rest. Yep. It'll update all the files right, and right. Uh, all that other your other download the rest of your libraries and update all that stuff. Right. So you do what's called a minimum install or a yep. staging install and. Well, what I found also on the internet was that Ubuntu is getting very, very large. Right yeah. now, it's currently running about four point one gigs. Yep. And uh, there's that's small by today's that. standards. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. If you deep- saw what Windows takes yep. up. And the DVDs are well, nominally 4.7, but you're usually lucky to get 4.5 gigs on a disc. Uh-huh. So I still should have had room enough. So that, that should have worked. Should have, could have, would have. You never know. Right. Yeah. But you can do a minimum install. Ubuntu, I believe, calls it a minimum install. Yep. Uh, and so you can do that. Again, 64-bit or uh, is better than 32-bit, but you can do a minimum install and then... Once you've done that, um, because that'll fit on a CD, um, uh, there's a there's a file you can download called mini.iso. Uh, it's not officially supported by Canonical, but it, it it's out there, and the Ubuntu project uh, has a link to it somewhere. Gets enough of the OS loaded to connect to Load the internet the and the download the rest of it. Exactly right. That is exactly right. It's it's almost like a Pixie boot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's doable. It's just uh, a two stage rather than one stage. Oh okay. Well, that's certainly interesting to note. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye bye. Yeah, the uh, lots of little uh, lots of little choices there. I've um, um, I've had the issue myself. Uh, particularly back when I was when I was taking old machines for refugees, um, uh, many of the older machines do not allow boot from SD uh, from SD cards or or uh, thumb drives, mm-hmm. and all you can do is uh, and if they don't have uh, a CD drive, you've you've yeah. got a small problem at this point. Yeah, SOL. <laughs> you know, again. If you have the resources, you can you can do all kinds of things. Whether you pull the drive and do it somewhere else, or uh, you've got a, a portable uh, CD player, you can add on whatever that is. The average person just doesn't have those resources, um, so it's a it's a definite problem. Yeah. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Don from Pittsburgh, New York. Hi, Don. What's up? Hello. Question about old hard drives from desktop computers. Are these uh, and uh, first off, uh, if the if the computer drive has not been turned on for several years, do they deteriorate just simply sitting idle, unplugged? Are they in a uh, standard environment that humans could live in? <laughs> yeah, not super wet or super cold or super hot. No uh, living room environment. Yeah, no, no they're fine. Okay. Well, the rust falls off the platters. <laughs> my, in the cold, it does. Yeah, absolutely. My uh, my desire is to use these for for backup. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, and uh, these are old computers. They 
they've probably been in the computer with, oh, moderate, usual uh, use for perhaps five, six years, mm -hmm. and, and then not used again. Yeah. Uh, is it safe to simply use those uh, backup and then leave them set again until yeah. they're ever needed and be able to retrieve the information? I'm doing it right now. Here's the thing. Same you can, thing you. Same thing you're doing. Here's the thing you can do. You know, if you you don't want these big boxes laying around, mm -hmm. what you can do is pull the hard drives out. Are they SSDs? Do you know? Probably not on uh, an old computer. Not on old you machines. Mean, uh, Solid state? No, S yeah. S yeah, SATA. Solid state. The SATA. I'm you sorry, SATA. SATA. Oh, yes, they are SATA. Okay, what you can do is uh, you can get them on Amazon, a number of different places. You can get these enclosures. Or even just, we call them a toaster. Yeah. You stick the drive in it. Yeah. Do your backup, pull that drive out, put it back in its anti-static bag and, and a fire safe. And yeah. Then rotate through and drives. turn it off first. I yeah. have... Uh, no, isn't SATA hot swappable? I have two. <laughs> Once, I, yeah. I have I have two ways of doing that, but they, I don't uh, I don't think of them as enclosures. One is simply a cabling system. Yeah, I have that the, myself. Yeah, 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 you can do that, or like uh, Steve was saying, it's uh, I've got one of them too, and it handles multiple drives, whether they're USB, uh, whether they're the three and a half inch, or whether they're the bigger yeah, drives. You've got a cabling system that does yeah. exactly the yep. same. And you just pop it in there, turn it on, it'll spin up, your system will then see it, you can do your backup to it, turn it off, take that drive out and use the other one, so you could rotate between the two Oops. different drives. Okay, I also have one that is a stand that you simply drop the drive in. Or you yeah, that's what Steve's talking yeah. about. Yeah. That's and, yeah. and are those, are, are those uh, accessible utilities quite reliable and uh, trustworthy? Ish, yeah. yeah as much you, as anything. Look, here, Don, here's the, here's the especially issue. Especially when they're like 20 bucks. So. Right. <laughs> here's the issue. You've got a five-year-old hard drive. The mean time between failure for hard drives is five years. Well, what I'm saying is it's been used in the computer for about five years. The computer then was replaced, and it's sat there for another ten years. Right. We're talking about use. the amount of time it was used, and you're saying ah. it was used for five years. Right. Mm -hmm. So, And the mean time between failures for hard drives is five years. So it's kind of a crapshoot, but, you know, mean time between failure means some of them die out of the box and some of them last ten years. Yeah. So if it's your only backup, you've got a problem. If it's one of multiple backups, you're okay. Okay, but if it takes the data and you are you realize and um, determine that the data is is there on the drive, am I fairly safe in saying that if I come back to this thing three, four, five years later, I can still retrieve that data? Yes and no. Yes, the data will still be on the drive. No, it will not have deteriorated, but I'm not going to promise that that's the time the drive dies because it's five years old. And so okay. if it's your only backup, I would say it's not reliable. And that the system is going to be recognized. Right, it, right. And, but if it's one of multiple backups, so for example, I've got a bunch of drives that I've pulled out of machines that just simply wouldn't boot anymore or screens were cracked or whatever it is so i've got several backups and i'm in the same situation one of the drives that i back up to is 10 years old 
but it was only used for about six years. And so, drives. And let me finish. Yeah. So it sits on a shelf now, and every time I take it out and boot it up, I wonder if this is the last time. But so far, I've been able to do backups to it. It works great. Usually, and it's not my only backup, so it's not a disaster if it doesn't work. And you know, if you know, if it starts acting funny, if it right. starts booting up slowly, or you know, it starts acting weird, then that's your sign. To be a little cautious in f- further usage of it. And the drives can be temperature sensitive. Too hot and too cold mm-hmm. can make them wear out even if they're not plugged in and powered on. There are available uh, software downloads that determine the uh, supposed health mm-hmm. of a hard yeah, drive. smart drives. Uh, are are those programs fairly accurate and uh, good indicators of how long a drive might be or if there are problems developing? Yes. Okay. Yes, especially those are the, actually pretty doggone good, actually. Yeah. Especially some of the, the more reputable and well-known ones. You know, Spinrite's been around for 40 years. <laughs> there, was, there was a time he said when Compaq, uh, every hard drive Compaq bought to put into a computer, they ran through Spinrite. And hard drive companies started yelling at Steve because his program was failing too many drives. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's another uh, decent program one can download for this uh, uh, evaluation? If you have a smart drive, and smart stands for self-monitoring, analysis, and reporting technology. If you have a smart drive, there is software you can run on every operating system that will check the smart technology on the controller card on the drive to see the what the health of that drive is. What it thinks the health is. Well, what it thinks yeah. the health is. That's that's one thing where Spinrite goes to the next step and actually reads and writes every block to make sure it is readable. Right. Mm-hmm. Is it a smart drive, is that what you download? A smart utility. A utility to read the smart data that's already on your drive. Virtually every drive is already uh, has smart in it. Oh, okay. I'm just wondering what I could... Uh go online and, and download by uh, by a name dot com or org or whatever um, there are there, golly, Ned, there are dozens Thousand, yeah, thousands of them programs I, um, use, I use one called disk drill that also has recovery um, uh, features built into it so if the drive does fail it can uh, it can do some recovery there options. is a, a site called smart no I don't like that one uh, passmark is one um, oh boy um, Seagate has C tools. It, uh, you can also, and the best thing to do is if you know what the drive manufacturer is, mm-hmm. and that's printed on the drive, right? Go to their website and download their software because it will be tuned to their controller cards. Good suggestion. Okay. Nearsoft also has one too. They're they're very reputable. Yeah, Nearsoft is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Near, but Nearsoft. N i r s o f t. I'll put a link up to them. Yeah, and and for example, Seagate. Uh, ha- I mean, most of them have one. Um, so uh, um, there's G Smart Control. I know is one. Okay. HDD Scan is another. <laughs> but again, your uh, disk checkup uh, is another. Um, the Windows Drive Fitness Test, WinDFT. But I, I would, uh, you know, Samsung has their HUtil. But I would, uh, again, look specifically to the manufacturer of that drive and see if they have a smart util. 
Okay, good suggestion, gentlemen. I don't want to take up any more of your time or others. Uh, thank you again, and uh, appreciate uh, your good information and program. All right, thanks. Okay, bye. Uh, yeah, most drives these days, and for a while, have been smart drives. And it is always, always a good idea to uh, make part of your routine, and, and I know most of you don't have a routine for backup and, and checking your devices, but it's, it's important to make as part of your routine the um, checking of the, of the smart drive. And uh, you might be able to automate it. Um, uh, that, that's a useful thing to do as well so that it happens whether you like it or not. And, uh, um, it's a, it's a good test to run, say, uh, again, if it's a brand new drive, you can run it every couple of months. If it's an older drive, maybe once a month, mm-hmm. once every couple of weeks, um, as the drive gets older, you do it more often. And theoretically, the operating system warns you when smart fails. Theoretically. Theoretically. But it's not a bad idea to run that test and, and look at the thing yourself. All right. That music tells us that uh, we are done for this hour. But do not despair. There's a whole other hour of the longest running computer show in the known universe coming your way. That's right. We have a whole lot more sound bites with Dave Enright, with Steve Ray, with me, Nick Francesco, and with you. It is 59 minutes after the hour. You're listening to Soundbites on the greatest um, public radio station in the world. That's Jazz 90.1. Give us a call, 585-966-5299, 1-800-790-0415. Take a nice little bio break. I know I'm going to, but we'll be back with a whole nother hour of Soundbites right here. Don't go too far. Stay tuned. It's America's longest-running computer show. Back to more sound bites with Nick, Dave, and Steve. Next on member-supported Jazz 90.1. WGMC Greece, Rochester. A public service of the Greece Central School District. Jazz 90.1. On Instagram at WGMC Jazz 901. Welcome back to America's longest-running computer show, Sound Bites, on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Get online now. Call 966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll-free, 800-790-0415. Or submit your question by email at soundbites.org. Once again, here's Nick Francesco, Dave Enright, and Steve Ray on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Enright. And I'm Steve Ray. And at five minutes after the hour, we're hurling headlong into the second hour of the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That's right. It's Soundbites. Right here on member-supported Jazz 90.1. Don't forget, you can give us a call, 585-966-JAZZ. That's 966-5299. Toll free one eight hundred seven nine zero zero four one five. Head on over to soundbites.org. That's bites with a Y. Francis would like us to remind you to vote in the poll. We'd love to to get everybody voting. Um, uh, but we're uh, we're here to take your calls and uh, possibly, and I know this is a shock to you, possibly even fix your computer problems. So. Uh, um, uh, we're uh, we're going to go to the phones right now, and we're going to talk once again to Fred 
um, hey. from Rochester, New York. He's got an update on his issue. What's up, Fred? I've got a, I've got an update on the uh, asknick.com. Yeah? Um, the reason I, when Steve mentioned that yellow button, I, I went back and I looked carefully. There's a, uh, a label box with the big red letters N-I-C-K covers that yellow box. But if I switch to a desktop site... Oh. Ah, you're on your phone. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't yet fixed that. And I know, yeah. I know for a fact that, in fact, the world runs on the phone these days. And I have yeah. to fix that. So that's what but you get for hand-coding your own website. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly if right. Go, if you go to the menu and hit uh, desktop site, it rearranges things, and then you can enlarge it, and I was successful at processing that request. Well, thank you. I appreciate so that. You can disregard the email that I sent you uh, earlier this week. I, I, um, oh, all right. I will. I, I don't know who I'm talking to now. Probably haven't got to it yet, but I, I did. Uh, I responded to that, but uh, it's it's okay. I now know who I'm talking to, and I'm glad you're uh, I'm glad you're back in among the fold. Thank you. Well, back in among the fold, I turned off um, malware bytes. I turned off a vast um, mobile security, and I turned off a vast cleaner, and still didn't have any 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 luck. I could write a zero byte file to either one of my my Google accounts, um, it worked with uh, pCloud, it worked with the internal storage, and it worked with the SD card, all zero-byte files. So I don't know where to go with that. I haven't, I haven't done the, I haven't done the, um, I haven't done the Wi-Fi thing yet, but we'll give that a spin later. Um, wow. Um, are you, what? I haven't done a manual backup. Do you have to select some things to to back up? Maybe it's not. If you go to advanced on NPass, I have the I have the premium account. If you go to advanced on yeah. the setting, uh, there's a there's a button or there's a selection there for backup. Right. You can either back up via Wi-Fi or you can back up to external, and then it takes you to the what looks like a file manager. And it, it, you can select, um, you can select either the device, the SD card, the whatever other accounts you have. I have two, I have two email accounts that I can use, plus the pCloud. Um, you can select that, and then it writes a file. You can either use the name it, the device picked, or you can, you know, you can change that name. I tried both ways. Oh yeah, so um, I was going to say maybe the name is just too long because it's. A date and a, a Unix time code and another word and six yeah, other things. I, have, uh, I had I had about five backups, older backups that I deleted. I have all but one, the newest one, right? Which was uh, December, and they all had the same name convention. You know, different numbers, but the same convention. Right. right. And um, they all worked up to that point. But yeah, I haven't. I I I'll try a Wi-Fi and I'll try to get a hold of somebody at Samsung, which is really not a thrilling thing to do. Oh, no kidding. Um, but that's yeah. That's uh, Enpass is kind of they're they're kind of at a loss. 
Yeah, I just did a backup while we were talking. We're great. Yeah. Part of the problem is, is it's awful hard to fix things when you can't see it. If yeah, you could take your phone to the NPAS tech, they'd probably be able yeah. to fix it. Right. I sent them, I sent them a plethora of, of screenshots. Yeah. No, I, 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 have a, I have a feeling that the problem is the interaction between NPAS and One UI, and the best place to get an answer to that is Samsung. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that, and in the meantime, I'll just it does. It still syncs to the cloud, right? You know, there's, there's an auto sync every few seconds. It syncs to the cloud, right? And that is how I was able to recover the newer stuff that I put in because I was like, oh god, I'm gonna have to go to. I I just opened a couple accounts, you know, and you have to go through and say forgot password and right, 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 right. Noise. And, and uh, it's not a bad idea to to get that file and download it to something else so that you have a backup of that file right yeah from the cloud yeah i'll have to look i'll have to look to see if i can because i know it it's a it's an obscure file name right right but i'll uh i'll go i'll go do that right now but at least put it in two places exactly all right, all right. wanted to give you that and the uh like i said they, if anybody's trying to use their uh you know go to asknick.com with their phone, they need to switch it to a desktop site. Yep, I, I'll, and I have to go back and fix that. All right, thanks. All right, take care, now. You too. <laughs> All right, I will. Uh, I will have to fix that. How long is your to-do list? Oh, you have no idea. I have multiple to-do lists yeah. now. So you need a to-do list to remember to check all your other to-do lists? Yes, that's exactly right. Um, I have a... a, a, a can I do this? I can. Look at that. I have a. I use a program called... Um, uh, what the heck is the name of it? My Tiny To-Do, which is a great program. Runs on the web. Uh, and you can uh, set it to be... Um, uh, Password protected and all kinds of things, but you can have multiple to-do lists. And I currently have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven to-do lists for various things that I'm doing. And uh, and one of them is longer than a, a standard. At least one of them is longer than a standard page. So, um, it's 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 a lot. Uh, but the the my tiny to-do is a. Uh, is a free program and it works on a website. So you install it somewhere on a website and and uh, and you can do whatever you want to. It's a very cool little program, actually. All right, uh, back to the phones. Our next caller is Marie from North Chile, New York. Hi, Marie. What's up? Hi, I'm a member, by the way. Thank you. We love to hear that. You're welcome. Um, I have a question. It has to do with. Uh, uh, Microsoft, uh, I knew I'd blank out as soon as I got on the radio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we all have that. Just forget about the thousands and thousands of people oh, listening oh, to you right stop. now. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. That many thousands, I get bored. But <laughs> um, quick access, recent files. Anyway, I, I have uh, Windows 10, and I bought a new Microsoft program two years ago. I use a laptop, um, HP laptop. Um, what I started to see um, is that uh, it seems like everything I do ends up in this quick access recent files thing. Mm -hmm. um, well, first, first question is, 
was that not that was not happening a while ago, right? This is something new that started happening about a year ago. Relatively new, yeah. Yeah, that's as a I convenience. That's right. what I thought. Well, for me, it's a huge irritant. I always turn that off immediately. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Um, I have uh, a lot of folders and a lot of files, so I have a lot of you know files that are in the folders, and I had a system that I like to if, if I want to word process something, uh, I put it you know put it in a folder or a file, then I put it in a folder. So that was working really well for me. So now I've got this uh, this additional thing to deal with here, and I don't like it. So um, I did hear that you can get rid of this feature, um, but I heard also there was a glitch about that, that it, if one of these things are also in your files, then if you get rid of, if you clear one of the things out of this, uh, a quick access thing that it'll get deleted from your files. So I tried it. I tried on two or three uh, things that I word processed and I put in there. It didn't get rid of it when I, do, when I cleared it from the quick access. It shouldn't. Quick access is just a shortcut to things that you, you want to access quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it should, it should leave the file alone on the drive just take it out of the list you can also turn off the list entirely yeah uh, and that sounds more like what you want to do i do but it, before i do i want to put a few files in, a, a few of those items into my files and then after that, I'm, I'm just going to keep using the old system once I get rid of this. But, you know, what I used to do. Uh, yeah, I yeah. just and I just posted a link on how to manage quick access and remove it completely Perfect. if you want. Yeah, um, thanks. Um, I did look it up. I Googled it and I looked it up. Um, my problem is I'm not that good with technology at all. And as soon as I see something that I don't understand, I, I get blank out. I have no idea what to do. So um, I can ask somebody for help. I can ask somebody to do that for me. Uh, I also read some stuff that said that if you do that, if you get rid of it, don't do it through the registry, which, you know, in my small computer mind, I don't really know what that's all about. But it, it warned against doing that. We never, yeah, doing doing yeah. anything in the registry is dangerous, and we don't recommend anyone doing that, even if you know what you're doing. Particularly yeah, when there's yeah. a, a feature, a GUI feature right in the setup that yeah. that lets yeah. you fix that. Yeah. I mean, options, right? Yeah. In 33 years, we have never told anybody <laughs> yeah. on the air how to go into the registry because it is so dangerous. Oh, okay. Oh, good. That's good yeah. to know. And, and what's in that quick access list is not the actual file but just a pointer to the file the file is still in whatever folder you put it in so turning off quick access only turns off those pointers doesn't move the file at all okay yep so i don't know why somebody was telling me that but okay well they're they're well this not right and there's always a risk that something weird can happen. Yeah. It shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did try two of them, and, and they are fine. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that, yeah, I think that answers my question then. 
And and is is the quick access because it seems to me like um, the heading was saying quick access before, and then um, in later days when I was looking at it, it said. Uh, recent files, and I thought, wait a minute, is that the same thing? It's two different things. It is. Yeah. Oh, okay. So recent files is just things you have recently done in the last, you know, two days, three days, whatever. Okay. Quick access are things. So recent recent access is automatic. It remembers what you've recently opened. Quick access is mm-hmm. you set put something in quick access. You mm-hmm. want quick access too, without needing to dig down into however many folders it is. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. All right. Thanks, Marie. Yeah. Can I ask you another question? Sure. Um, I have uh, two different email providers, and one of them is a uh, one of my. I'm considering replacing it with a, something else. Uh, one of my email providers is uh, Gmail, and uh, it works really very well, but I I don't like it. So um, I I use a smaller one, but um, a smaller company. But I'm looking for another one, and I'm wondering if you've had feedback from people, because what I like is um, an email provider that has a little bit of graphic, uh, you know, like it might have some colored lines or it might have something, like Gmail has none of that, you know what I mean? Like the old AOL. You can do any of that you want in a Gmail message. The, the problem well, I think, is... I think she's talking about the interface. The, the interface... Like oh, it, to the, the old AOL. Well, what what program do you use to access your Gmail? Um, uh, Mozilla Firefox. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yes. What you're asking? Yeah. And and that's a pretty bare program. Yeah. There are m- multiple other programs you can use instead of Fire of uh, of Firefox. Oh, you mean to, that would make a difference in what I see on my emails? Yes. Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Not, well, not in the content of the email, but yeah. how you access yeah. the interface. The interface oh. to get to oh. the email. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Uh, so I also have Chrome on my right on my laptop here. I just hardly ever use it. So would that make a difference? I'll take a look. No, you wouldn't use a web browser. You would use oh. an email program like Mozilla Thunderbird or uh, uh, even Windows Live Mail, um, Outlook Mail. Although I think you have to pay for Outlook now. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but there are, there are multiple ways to do that. The other thing uh, that you could do... Man. I haven't looked at other... Um, uh, yeah, because Gmail browser-based email. Yeah, Google has their own app for uh, mobile, but they don't have they don't have an app for desktop. They assume you're using a web browser. Yeah, no, I <clears throat> no, I, I use my um, laptop most of the time. Yeah, but yeah, you know, there's one called Mailbird that looks a lot like Outlook. Uh, Windows Live Mail is their uh, 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 desktop version, and then Windows Outlook is their commercial version. Um, I think this is a little. Client. I think this is all a little bit above my head. Well, you're uh, just using a different program to read your mail, and that program can look differently. So the the Google website is is intentionally very bare bones mm-hmm. to show you just the text, so you can get to your email quick and clean. Yeah. There are other mail programs you can use that have have different interface features for for making accessing your mail look differently. So. So then the Gmail would look differently, you're saying? Not the email itself. Yeah. How you access the email would look differently. 
But in the email message, you can add lines and graphics and colors and text, anything you want, um, as as part of the the mail um, when you're creating a message as well. Okay, and the the other thing is, I don't have the confidence to go and uh, get 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 all that stuff on. I, I was thinking it would just be easier to change email providers. Like, you know, people I know, they'll have Hotmail or Yahoo right. or right. all these things. Yeah, the, the mail provider doesn't matter a whole lot. It's it's the mail program you use to read the mail. Right. One thing I might suggest you try is open up your Gmail. Uh-huh. And in the upper right is uh, in the upper right corner is your picture. The next to that, there's nine little dots. And then next to that, there's a gear. Okay. If you click on the gear, it opens up something called Quick Settings. Okay. If you scroll down a little bit, you'll see a whole bunch of different themes you can use. Oh. And maybe looking at a different theme would be good for you. Mm-hmm. So you can get, and again, you can go back to the default theme anytime you want. So you can, uh, this doesn't change anything in your email, only the way it looks to you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Um, again, you can go into quick settings. Yeah, sc- I wrote it down. Yeah, right. Scroll down to themes. themes. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of them. You'll see about eight of them at first, but you can click view all, and you'll see a whole, a whole Thanks. bunch more. And you can also put one of your own photos behind your email as as mm-hmm. a theme. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Or just pick a color, or whatever you want, and that will that will make some changes to the to the way it looks. It's not a lot, but it's a start. Okay, uh, well, um, yeah, I'm going to look at that, and that, that could be very, very nice for me. Um, but there's uh, another reason I wanted to go to a different provider, too, from, you know, uh, to replace my, my other smaller provider, and that is that um, there are certain things, certain emails that I like to do on Gmail, but then I would like to have a separate mm-hmm. place to do other kinds of emails. Yeah, sure. a lot of people like to separate work and home mail, for example, with two different addresses. Sure. Yeah, that type of thing. So, um, yeah, because I do a, mostly my work on the computer's email. That's mostly what I do. Right. So um, I'm just wondering if, uh, because I, I, I kind of don't want to go to a lot of people's houses right now because I'm still kind of uh, worried about COVID and sure. all that stuff and pneumonia. So I don't want to look at their, you know what they've got but um you know i know friends have different providers and um so i don't know if you've heard things about or are familiar if you have some that are that you like that that um well one thing you can do is get a different gmail account Mm -hmm. so you can have multiple accounts in gmail yeah and 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 again it's it's not the email provider that yeah. makes the the look. It's oh. the email program you're using. Right. Yeah, you're you're right. Actually, I do have another Gmail address that I set up, and I haven't used that one yet. So, I, but yeah, I just I just you know didn't know that you can actually change what you described. A yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you can you can make some changes. So mm-hmm. that's a start. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there are golly, um, uh, just a whole bunch of uh, of email clients. Uh, if you do a search for uh, Windows email clients. Um, there's just there's a lot of them, and mm-hmm. w- what many of them do is you you download that and run it, 
and then you give it your Gmail credentials, for example, and it will then show you your email there. So there's just a bunch. Yeah, I posted a link for them, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's just a bunch of them out there. And um, one of the things that's nice about that is you can go look at each one on the web and see what the interface looks like. Yeah. So you can pick the one you like. Yeah. Okie doke. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Our pleasure. Have fun, Marie. Thank you. Thanks. And one of the problems is changing your email address is a horrible pain. Yes. It's much easier changing your your postal address. Yeah, it really is. Because you have to tell everyone, here's my new address. Stop sending mail to the old address. Um, and then there's always ones you forget. You know, all your utilities or utility bills are coming in email, magazine subscriptions. Um, you know, anything you signed up for is coming to the old address. So if you're keeping the old address, that's not bad, and you can have it forward to the new address. But um, um, if you're losing your address, like when I when I lost my Roadrunner address, right? I'm still salty about that. You should be because many other ISPs let you keep your address. Right. Um, yeah, there's still things that are in my Roadrunner address that I can't change because I don't have access to that Roadrunner email anymore. Right, exactly. Um, and there are a lot, you know, that's why I've always suggested do not use your provider's email address. Your internet provider. Your internet provider's email because you may change internet providers. Get an independent thing, whether it's Gmail or Yahoo or AOL or I don't care who it is. But an independent company that you expect is going to be around for a couple of weeks and use their email instead. That way, you are free to change your Internet providers. You are free to change, you know, anything you want and continue to use those email addresses, particularly places. Everybody gives you free email these days. I mean, it's it's hard not it's hard well, to pay for email. I got a kick out of Greenlight with super whiz bang fast internet. Yep, they don't bother giving you an email service. No, because there's so many other ones already. They don't need to. They don't yeah. need to. And then don't go to the expense. And they they by not having email service, their prices can be lower. But That's a exactly word right. a word of caution. Yeah, when you do sign up for these other services, make a list. Mm-hmm. Of your email addresses and passwords. Oh, absolutely. On each service. Yep. I'm a prime example. I had one uh, special email address because we had our own server. Jury Stewart had set us up for the company, NRIPC at the time. And I had an email address. And that's what I used to set up Facebook. Yep. Oh, yeah. Umpteen years ago. Yep. Well, that has long been defunct and everything else. So when I got hacked. Right. You couldn't get it back. because I couldn't get it back because they go, well, we're sending it to the email address. I says, and I was going back and forth with them. I says, wait a minute. It doesn't exist anymore. Hello. And a lot of times, you know, back then you set it up with your cell phone number you had then that you don't have that same number anymore. So you can't use that as a verification. Right, 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 right. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with Dave Enright, Steve Ray, me, Nick Francesco, and you. It's 29 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. Take these couple of minutes to set up a couple of email addresses and write down the passwords. And we'll be back with more sound bites on member-supported Jazz 90.1. 
Computer talk you can understand. More sound bites is next on member supported Jazz 90.1. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nick Francesco. I'm Dave Henry. And I'm Steve Ray. At 34 minutes after the hour, we, believe it or not, are sound bites. And we, was, believe it or not, what? I was talking to a customer this morning uh, on the phone. He said, Don't you have a radio show to do? Said, yeah, I'll be leaving in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had somebody la- last week, last week, call me. We're in the middle of this conversation. He says, aren't you supposed to be doing a radio show? And my first thought was, then why the, did you call me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was in the car on the way, on the way here. All right, back to the phones. Our next caller is Jim from Rochester, New York. What's up, Jim? Oh, hi, Nick. I have an HP all-in-one printer, about a year old, that is hooked up. Wire, wirelessly uh, to my laptop through Spectrum and uh, just started about a couple months ago about maybe once every two weeks I go to print and I get a message on my laptop cannot print, it's offline and I have to go through unplugging it, rebooting uh, sometimes a couple of times, to finally get it to print again. My question is, what's causing that every couple of weeks or whenever to to go offline where you can't print? Um, That could be any one of a hundred things. The most likely thing is that somewhere along the line, the wireless connection was broken. Uh, either say the the router rebooted, or there was just you know something in the neighborhood. It went too deep asleep. Went too deep asleep, something like that, and it disconnected. And then you have to reconnect it. You may want to look in your printer's uh, folder um, in in, the, in in settings and make sure that it's only there once. Um, we have seen many cases where a second print queue shows up, and then you try to print to the first one that, that always used to print, and it doesn't work anymore. So oftentimes you go into that printer folder, and you'll see three or four different copies of your printer. It's usually best to delete them all, because you, know, you don't know which one's the right one. Uh, delete them all, and then set the printer back up again once. In fact, there was a, there was a uh, Microsoft Tech Note a while ago about that, printer printer print queues showing back up again. Yeah, there was an update over, yeah. that somehow yeah, yeah, created yeah. multiple print queues. Yeah, that sounds like that may be the solution to this. Yeah. Um, so d- delete all of your print queues uh-huh. and then set it up one more time. Reset it up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, another quick question. Uh, you were talking about the emails. Uh, should I get rid of my Spectrum email? I have Spectrum and um, Yahoo. Um, the Spectrum is the, what is it, the Roadrunner, rr.rochester.com. Right. Is that, what's your opinion on that, those Spectrum emails? Okay, to be clear, Spectrum email is fine. There's nothing wrong with it, except okay. that, Anybody who uses their ISP's email runs the risk that if they change their Internet service provider, they Uh will lose that email. 
Like if I was to go to green light? Exactly. Oh. So the best bet is to change it now. Okay. While you can. So you get a new email address or use your other email address. And I wouldn't recommend Yahoo. Well, maybe not. But if you use Gmail or whatever. But the point is... Um, you you use that other email address, and then over time, mm-hmm. you know you still got both addresses working. So over time, you can tell everybody who's still sending stuff to Roadrunner uh-huh. to change to your, for example, Gmail. Oh, okay. Why why don't you like the the Yahoo, Dave? Um, well, I've had a number of friends that it's. Very easily hackable. Yeah, they have been sort of mm-hmm. sort of well known for having no security. They yeah. A couple of years ago, they lost every one of their three billion user accounts to bad guys. Um, and so, if if you haven't changed your Yahoo password in in a while, uh, the bad guys know it. And getting junk mail, they yeah, are they complaining about. All they don't do any junk mail filtering, which yeah. which, which we we kind of have a hit against Spectrum for that too. They they don't yeah. filter very much. The problem is if you filter too much junk mail then you you miss good messages right well um, one of the best i think is gmail yeah. yes they do an excellent job of of pulling out the spam and leaving you the good stuff that's why i often recommend gmail i get the least amount of spam and you get a free 15 gigs of storage yeah, space gigs of storage and if you have an apple id for an apple device uh, you get a free icloud.com address with or five f- gig with five gigs of storage space so if I dump Spectrum, obviously I'm going to lose that Roadrunner RR. Right. That's what happened yeah. to Steve. That, that's and I planned for it uh-huh. for the most part. Right. You, you, there's, <laughs> there's always there's something There's one or two that I, yeah. well, I realize it's, it's RG&E. You cannot change your login credentials. So yeah. I, I changed my, pa- my, my email address that they sent me the bill to, uh-huh. but I cannot change my login credentials. So I still have to log in with my Spectrum address that doesn't work. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. So if I go to Greenlight, I have to dump all the Spectrum, all the Roadrunners. <laughs> right. uh, yes, yes. Uh, you won't dump it. They will. They will eventually. <laughs> there it goes. They will eventually. We have. A, excuse me. We have a, a drunken malfunction. Uh, um, no broke my camera. camera. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. All right. Needs I need Viagra. And ahead for all of this. So thank you very much for this valuable information. All You're right. Thank welcome. you. Have fun. You too. Thank you. Those of you watching on Twitch or YouTube will notice that we're doing a Batman thing <laughs> from the '60s. Uh, Adam West Batman. Uh, here in the, 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 the drunken camera. <laughs> it just, it was so cool. I was watching it. This yep. Now, I, we've also like heard. slow motion. We've heard from some of our customers that Frontier lets you keep your email address. Nice. Um, and and we, we partly think because that's back-ended by Yahoo. Right. Which still exists. I, 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 and so I imagine Spectrum doesn't want to host their own mail if they don't have to. Because yeah. that's added expense to them and infrastructure to them. Yeah, right. less maintenance they have to do. Right. So, yeah, now I get it. But there are so many good, free email well, providers. In the beginning, it was only your Internet provider. Well, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, the other thing, though, is what makes it uh, – the reason I like Google so much is back in the day when we – if say you were uh, backing up and you were getting a new computer – 
you had to check and see what folder you had to root your way down to find out where your uh, email was being saved and everything else and backing that up and your contact list and all that other stuff. It was a royal pain in the butt. Well, now it's like no big deal, whether it's on your phone or whether you're getting a new computer. You set it up, you sign in with your Google account, and everything's there. And the Any of your bookmarks, yep. your contacts. Everything is there. And you can go to takeout.google.com and make a download of every single thing you've ever done at Google. Yep. It's, it's quite amazing. I do, that, I do that just at the end of this year. Well, at the start of this year for last year. I, I went in and, and downloaded, and there's a there's 25 different things you can download. Uh, and I went and downloaded everything and stuck it on one of those backup hard drives, and I'm done now. That's, you know, that's part of my 2022 backup. It's done. It's put away. It's gone. Yep. Um, and you can, and what's really nice about takeout.google.com uh, is that you can... Automate it. You can say, I want to do this every two months. And it'll it'll create a backup and then email you with a link. Click here to download your backup. There's things in here I've never heard of. What's a crisis user report? Yeah. <laughs> so, so services that Google offers that, that nobody nobody's heard of, and then the services that Google has canceled that we used to love yeah, right. aren't there anymore. Yeah. But you can you can download pretty much everything from takeout.google.com. And it just makes it so much easier because, again, you don't have to worry about your bookmarks as far as uh, Google Explorer. You know, all the, they're all there. Yep. And passwords, everything. It's just in one nice bundle. It's backed up to the cloud. They give you with each account, and you can have multiple accounts, 15 gigs of storage. Right. Free. That you can back up documents for this because, like, I keep it separate from my ham stuff. I've got an email account and anything and everything I do with uh, ham radio is in that one. Any of my personal stuff is in this one. If I'm doing anything between, you know, for the family stuff right. or a house, it's right. in another account. And we've talked about uh, pa- um, um, bookmarks. I really don't ever want to lose my bookmarks. Oh, you and me both. Ever. And the likelihood of doing so from Google is very, 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 very low. Yep. However, under takeout.google.com, I can download my bookmarks. There you go. And now I've got them saved in about 15 different places. And if all of them go, I've got bigger problems. All right. Because like you, as you well know, I love my bookmarks. And at any given time, I've got... You're a little nuts about it. I got to be honest. Thank you. I resemble that. I've got at least 15 bookmarks because I've got all my different, my four different Gmail accounts. I've got Facebook. I've got one for uh, my bank. And then I've got my various hand programs. I've got four of those along with QRZ and uh, folks in other programs. So, yeah, I've got on an average 15 tabs that I use actively throughout the day. Every day. Yep, I get it. All right, to the phones. Our next caller is Jim from Brighton, New York. What's up, Jim? Hi, fellas. I have a question about uh, distribution on my hard drive. It's a fairly new computer. It has a 2-gigabyte hard drive, SSD. 
And my intention, and I assume this was true right from the manufacturer, was to have the shorter part of that two-gig drive, which is about 300 gigs, uh, just for windows. You mean terabyte? The other yeah, it part, does. the bigger part, for storage, for everything in my one store. Well, let's go back but up. I didn't do that. Back up a Everything second, and why do you have two parts? Small 300 gig section. And I'm wondering, is there any way that I can move things that I don't want in that small section, free up space, into these other sections? Well, it really doesn't matter because it's all one physical well, drive. Maybe not. Did you, did you partition the drive into multiple volumes? I think they did that in the no. manufacturing. So you have a you have a C and a D drive. You have a C and a D drive. I have a C and a D drive. That's right. Yeah. Is it a DVD though? What some? How, okay. How 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 big are both of the volumes? Because we've seen what some manufacturers do is this. So you have a two terabyte drive. And the C drive is 1.9 terabytes, and the D drive is the recovery volume that has the Windows reinstallers, and you should yep. never touch that. So uh, try do, go in go into uh, my computer and do a properties on on C and D, and see how big each one of those volumes is. Because yeah, that's probably what he's looking at is that others you may partition. have you be accidentally using the recovery volume for storage. Yeah, they call it a recovery partition. Not an actual partition that you could use to store stuff. So you do you know how big each partition is? You said three hundred <coughs> gigs for Windows. Jim. Yes. We heard we, you said you have a, a three hundred gig partition for Windows, and yes, then it looks like, yeah. and and then the rest for data. That's right. How big and is the rest? I'm getting a message. That says your C drive is getting full. Okay, so that doesn't make sense to me. No, yeah. So what probably happened is, whoever set that up set your C drive up to be three hundred gig, but didn't change where Windows saves your data. Wait a minute, I'm and so consequently, your documents folder is on the C drive, or is he getting that message from OneDrive? OneDrive will, if you've got a current version of Windows and you put too much in it, they all of a sudden will tell you, oh, your OneDrive is getting full. Do you want to buy more storage? I've seen that a lot on the Windows yeah. 10s and 11 machines lately. Same, we see that same on on the Mac, too. It says your iCloud drive is full, and they th and people That's think it means like their main drive. I, I yeah. Sorry, what? That was uh, related to OneDrive. Yeah. yeah. Okay. One drive. Yeah. If it's your OneDrive drive, drive, then you have two choices. You you can turn off OneDrive, or you can buy more storage. There's no other real choice. Oh, well, you can remove stuff from OneDrive, I suppose. Yep. Uh, but yeah, you get a limited amount of storage in OneDrive, and once it's full, uh, Microsoft wants you to buy more. Having that online storage is good. But you don't necessarily need it for everything. 
And if if your it's hard big. and if your hard you drive know. is physically partitioned into two separate volumes, um, there are programs you can buy that will repartition it back into one volume. Normally, that loses all your data. Right. But there are programs that claim to be able to do it without erasing the drive, but you should have a good backup to begin with. Generally speaking, I don't like partitions anymore because no. of just this thing. One partition right. always gets full before you intended it to be. Right. Who, who built your computer? Well, I do have plenty of backups. I have one on a separate hard drive. I also have one in Dropbox. So I wouldn't worry that I haven't got this stuff somewhere. Yeah, I'd, I'd repartition back into just a single C drive. But and not worry I don't about think C&D. he does. I most computers nowadays, anything this, that I've seen come that's Windows based is all was, one drive. They so that's why I'm asking: Did someone? Did you buy this from a well-known manufacturer? Or did someone local build it for you? Well, it's a Dell laptop. That is that one I drive. Costco. So it's the, so that so that D drive is probably the recovery partition. Yep. And the error message is, is talking about maybe something else. One drive. Yeah, one drive. Yeah. If okay. it's if it's one drive, you have a couple of choices, which is ignore it, turn it off, turn it off, or buy more storage space. Jim, but that doesn't. So you can tell whether or not your real hard drive is full by doing a, a, a properties on right. the drive itself. Open my computer, um, go to the C drive, right-click on it, and choose properties. And that will tell you how big it is and how much free space there is. Jim, down in the lower right-hand corner, you know there's an up arrow in your Windows yeah. uh, toolbar, and it'll show you what things are running. One of them yeah. is the OneDrive. If you right-click on it, it will open up the properties, and you can shut off OneDrive. So OneDrive is Microsoft's cloud syncing service, and it copies everything on your computer to the cloud, um, which can be handy if you're sharing your data with with someone else. Um, But OneDrive only gives you a certain amount of space for free. Five gigs, five or six gigs, and and if you yeah, if you if you have more space than that on your OneDrive, and then because it's Windows, Microsoft wants to put all your data on OneDrive too. Mm -hmm. And so if your OneDrive gets full, um, your C drive could be fine, but you just don't have enough space on on the OneDrive cloud, and it's telling you you need to buy more. Yeah, I understand now. I think. I'll have to keep working on this and uh, see if I can shut uh, shut it. yeah shut one drive off and see if that gives that that issue goes away. Like I say, down in the lower right hand corner, hit the up arrow and right click on the one drive, and you can go into the properties and you can turn all those features off. Turn them off and then uh, see if that solves your problem. Very good. Thanks, fellas. Mm-hmm. Right. And also, he, he can see how much space he actually has on his drive. Yep. Yeah. And yep. that would that would be helpful, too. Yep. Because I, I have okay. seen people who have accidentally used that recovery partition to store store their own files. Yeah, and it's intentionally small. It only needs to be like, you know, 20, 30 gigs to yeah. store the Windows reinstalls. Right. Yeah. And again, don't think, you know, because you're backing stuff up there that it's, oh, somewhere else. Yep, no, it's the same. It's physical still disc. the same physical drive, right? A partition is only a different space on the same drive. 
It's like uh, when you were a kid and you and your brother or sister had a tape down the middle of the room. Yep. If you set fire to their half of the room, that's your room too. Yep. So, yeah, you know, he's on my side. Right. It's, it, <laughs> Mom, you know, he's you, touching me. <laughs> right. It's a it's it's a different place in your head. Yeah. But not out in the real world. My brother mm-hmm. and I would always make our sister sit between us. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure she hated it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so that uh, I was—I'm an only child, so that was uh, yeah. That you was do, you don't fun. count. My I wife was, is an only child, and that doesn't count either. I was one of six. <laughs> yep. And you know there was three on one side, three on the other, and you know my sisters would sit there and jab me or anything else, and you learn just to so it doesn't leave a mark. Take yeah. your finger and then just pinch their leg. Yeah. Ah, you know what? <laughs> right, you yep. you. Butter wouldn't melt in your mouth. You got four people in the front seat, five people in the back seat, and two laying in the back window. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My aunt uh, and uncle had 10 kids. Yep. Lived down the street from us. And the most beautiful part about that is I could go home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I it got rem- to be a little too much. I would just walk home. I can remember my little brother, you know, we'd get all crammed in the back seat there. And then he'd go up into the back window because mm-hmm. there was like that little yep. back area. Because he was getting squished. So you go, I'm going up here. And he'd sit back there. We didn't have seatbelts. <laughs> back when seat cars belt. were tanks. Yeah, I, t- I took that Dodge Monaco to school with me. That was a monster car. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You could go through walls if you needed yeah. to. Yeah. I had a, uh, a Chevy Bel Air. That, uh, and I had been driving a Volkswagen. And I got the Chevy Bel Air. And the, the hood... Looked like twenty two guys were going to come out and play yep. football on it. It was it was immense. We always I had, had Ford LTDs, and and it really shocked me when when they bought that Dodge. That's, <laughs> I thought we were a Ford family. <laughs> My very first car was a fifty seven Ford with three on the tree, and a oh, manual yeah. choke. That was my Bel Air had a three on the tree. I still miss those side vent windows. Oh, those are the best. That you could sit there, you know, if the window was getting a little fogged up, how they do, you could just crack that little wing window yep. open yep. a little bit so the breeze would come in yep. and clear it right on up. They were they were beautiful. Well, I, I love those. I miss that car. That's yep. when you could work on a car. And I can remember yeah. sitting in the engine, yep. changing a water pump one time. Yep. And you I did it on a Saturday afternoon. Can't do that anymore. The beautiful thing about three on the tree, nobody else knew how to drive them. Yeah. Nobody was going to steal my car. Oh, yeah. No. Absolutely not. Well, that's why um, when you know I was going through school and everything else, friends would call me, hey, Dave, can you help us move? Yeah. We only yeah. need you to drive the truck. Yep. Because the U-Haul trucks were all standard shift. Yeah, you know? I did that too. Yeah. And they'd say, can you do it? Yeah, no problem. And I could say, they go, how do you? I, I learned call, from I gotta, my grandparents, you yeah. know, because on the farm there, the, everything was, you know, yep. the tractor and the truck were all stick shift. I never had an automatic transmission until uh, I went to buy a new car after my daughter was born. My wife said, you have to get an automatic. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I don't want an automatic. She said, if your car's first in the driveway and there's a problem with Amelia, I would have to drive your... Uh, absolutely. I got a, I got an automatic. And so that was the end of my, my manuals. But I had... I, yeah, I got a call from the guy next door one day. My brother left his car in my driveway and it's standard. Do you know how to drive? Yep. 
There are can lists now of, of yep. uh, 2023 cars that you can buy that are still standard because so many of them are automatic. Nice. <laughs> Not that many hand, left if you're anymore. Get an, uh, if you're going to get an electric car, all of that is yeah. 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 All right. That's it. That music tells us that you have wasted two hours of your life with this nonsense. But that's all right. We're done for the week. You've got uh, a whole bunch of time to... To recuperate and, and uh, revitalize yourself before we do this again next week. I want to thank Dave Enright. I want to thank Steve Ray. I'm Nick Francesco. I want to thank everybody who called in. We had great questions this week. Please remember to vote in the polls. We would like you to do that. That's at soundbites.org. Bites with a Y. Francis would like us to remind you. And that's it. You've been listening to the longest-running computer show in the known universe. That sound bites right here on the truly great and truly grateful to you that we are member supported Jazz 90.1. We'll see you in just 166 hours. Be good to one another, will you?